From the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast, IOL calculation in the setting of keratoconus. On average, a hyperopic result should be expected with current instruments and formula. First this. I know many of the audience of As Seen From Here also watch my live conference interviews on ewreplay.org. These brief video programs highlight the most important news from major ophthalmology meetings and number in the hundreds every year. But if you haven't watched ewreplay.org recently, you've got to check it out. iWorld Replay has really upped its game with super video production and fantastic content. ewreplay.org. We've just renovated and we'd love to have you over. Much effort has been directed to developing methods of accurate IOL calculation in post-keratorefractive patients. Those of us who perform cataract surgery on these patients now have strategies, albeit imperfect ones, to approach this clinical challenge. Yet, when it comes to patients with keratoconus, we seem to throw our hands up and just say, it's irregular. This was not a satisfactory answer for Giacomo Savini, my guest today, who has published results of a study on IOL calculation in the context of keratoconus. At the risk of sounding patently obvious, what is the difficulty with intraocular lens calculations in eyes with keratoconus? Is, is, is it simply a matter of accounting for the irregular and decentered astigmatism? Uh, no, this is just a part of the problem because uh, uh, we do not only um, have a difficulties with astigmatism and with the toric component of our calculations, but we have uh, more basic difficulties. That means uh, difficulties in calculating the correct spherical equivalent power of the lens. So astigmatism is just a, a little part of our problem. I'm well familiar with the intrinsic inherent errors in the intraocular lens calculation and post refractive eyes. These include things like inaccurate assumptions about the stromal index of refraction and, and the fact that these eyes are often flatter in the visual axis than they are in the sort of pericentral area that, that's measured by keratometry. Does intraocular lens calculation in eyes with keratoconus have similar problems? Yeah, you got the point. I think that uh, the problems between the keratoconus eyes and post-lasic eyes the problems are very, very similar. We uh, have investigated um, over the last 20 years uh, uh, the problems of post-lasic eyes, and uh, this um, we identified three uh, uh, three sources of errors. That is, uh, first, the keratometric index error. Second, what uh, Hofer and Haggis called the radius or instrument error. And third, the formula errors. Error. These errors are likely to occur also in eyes with keratoconus. I want to give a, a, a clear explanation. Uh, what is the keratometric index error that is the first source of error? Uh, you, usually, we calculate the corneal power just from the anterior corneal curvature measurements with the standard keratometric index, which uh, usually 1.3375. 
And in both in post-LASIK eyes and in the keratoconus eyes, this is a problem. Why? Because the keratomatic index makes an assumption of a pixel ratio between the anterior and posterior cornea curvature. This is what happens in normal eyes. But after LASIK, you flatten or steepen the anterior surface of the, eye, of the cornea. And in keratoconus, you have a disruption of this ratio. So this is the first problem. You should not use the standard index of 1, 3, 3, 7, 5. Second problem is the radius or instrument error, which means that uh, the radius in millimeters, not in diopters, of the cornea is not accurately measured. Uh, the keratometer or any instrument may measure the radius of curvature, not uh, along the visual axis or in, a, in an area whose curvature is similar to the center area, but uh, on the, for example, on the apex, apex of the cone, which may be dislocated inferior tem temporarily. And this makes a, a big difference with respect to the center of the cornea. Third, all virgins formulas, SRKT, Barrett, Aegisoffer, Holiday 1 and 2, were developed on the normal eyes. And so the estimation of the lens position, the ELP, was calculated in normal eyes. And we don't know if these calculations are still correct in keratoconus eyes. So finally, the problems are very similar between keratoconus and poplitic eyes. That, that's great. Um, I I just want to repeat one of the things that you said with regard to the um, the index of refraction error. It's that um, even even if these eyes were spherical, which they're obviously not because these patients have got keratoconus, um, all, all that keratometers measure is radius of, of curvature. And when we read off the dioptric powers of the of the cornea, that's a, a conversion and incorporated into that 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 conversion is the a, a, a fixed contribution of the ratio of the the posterior corneal curvature to the anterior corneal curvature and that's done by in essence fudging the the refractive index so that the keratometer can then yield a dioptric power if that ratio between the anterior and posterior curvatures is disrupted or is different from from the from the normal as is the case in postkerato refractive eyes as is in the case in in keratoconus eyes then even if the 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 cornea were perfectly spherical the dioptric power read by the keratometer would be wrong because of um, the the violation of that relationship between the anterior and posterior curvatures of the of the of the cornea. So the, yeah, the, this is the, exactly yeah. what I mean. Yeah, no, no. This is exactly question. what I mean. And usually, this leads to an uh, overestimation of corneal power in keratoconus. Right, right, right. Um, so. Uh, how are lens calculations performed currently? I mean, I've, it's a little disingenuous for me to ask this question because I'm, I'm a cataract surgeon and I, I do cataract surgery on keratoconus patients, but I'm, I'm asking you anyway. Uh, how are lens calculations performed currently on patients with keratoconus and what are the problems with conventional methods? Uh, well, uh, unfortunately, uh, calculations are still performed uh, like in every normal eye without considering the issues that I talked about earlier. So we still rely on the uh, 
calculate only printout of our optical biometer, um, standard formulas, and I think that nobody or just a few uh, ophthalmologists uh, do more advanced calculations. Uh, for example, try to use uh, uh, ray tracing or total coordinate power by Shanford cameras. So I think that 99% of ophthalmologists just do calculations like in normal eyes. And the problem is that uh, normal instruments and normal formulas are not working. Giacomo, w- what was the question your study sought to answer? Well, I wanted to understand which results we can expect with standard formulas so that we do not make unrealistic promises to our patients. It is important to know in which percentage of our cases we can reach a target refraction within half a diopter. And so uh, there were some studies in the last 10 years that answered these questions, but only partially. And uh, we found what is the current situation with current formulas and current instruments. We know that if we have an IOL master or a Lionstar or any other optical biometer and we get a given prediction of refraction with uh, the Haggis holiday SRKT formulas, now we are able to say to our patients, okay, you have this percentage of um, possibility to get a planar refraction uh, or anything within half a diopter from our target. Can I get you to describe the design of your study, of, of this study? We performed uh, um, a multi-center retrospective study. Was, uh, we are already performing, but it's not yet published, we are collecting in a prospective way data uh, for a new study. But the one that we published earlier this year on JCRS uh, was the collection of as many eyes as possible from my own practice and another practice of a doctor in Italy. So we were able to reach a a significant number of cases and that's all, yeah. Let's deal with some definitions in the in the context of of the study how is keratoconus defined for the purpose of this study the diagnosis of keratoconus was based mainly on cornea topography uh, that means uh, an asymmetric bow tie pattern uh, and yeah we had to be sure so we wanted to have topography for all eyes what were your results what were your findings John? we uh I can uh, summarize telling you that we got three main results. First, on average, a hyperopic result should be expected with current instruments and formulas. Second, the most accurate formula, surprisingly, was the SRKT, both in eyes with the stage 1 and stage 2 keratoconus, and not the Barrett formula, which has been found recently to be the most accurate formula for healthy, normal eyes. Third, the percentage of eyes with the prediction error within half a diopter is much lower in keratoconus eyes than in normal eyes. I'm curious whether there is a sort of a dose response here. Was was the degree of prediction error dependent upon the severity of the keratoconus? Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, results were fairly accurate in eyes with the stage one keratoconus. That means keratoconus with a corner power lower than 48 diopters. 
in these cases, uh, the SRKT was able, for example, to get uh, a prediction error within half a diopter uh, in about 60% of cases. Uh, you should, you should um, think that in normal eyes, this percentage is usually between 70 and 80%. So with SRKT, stage 1 keratoconus, you are around 60%. The results were less accurate in eyes with stage 2 keratoconus, which means a K between 48 and 53, and almost unreliable in eyes with a stage 3 keratoconus, uh, that is K higher than 53 diopter. You found that a positive prediction error indicating post-operative hyperopia was, as, as you said, the, the most common outcome. Why do you think these eyes tended towards hyperopia? Is, is this primarily because the, the corneas were flatter in the visual axes than the area measured by keratometry, or, or is this because of a miscalculation uh, of the, the effective lens position because of the disproportionately deep anterior chambers in, in, in these eyes? Uh, well, uh, I don't think this is because the corneas were flatter in the visual axis. I believe this is the hyperopia, the average hyperopic error, mainly depends on the overestimation of cornea power with the keratometric index uh, of 13375. Uh, the same error, that means a hyperopic outcome, occurs after myopic LASIK and PRK. This error can be uh, reduced by using total corner power as obtained by a shuffle camera or an anterior segment OCT, rather than using the keratometric power. And uh, so this is a suggestion. We do not have uh, uh, published papers to demonstrate this, but our preliminary uh, observations uh, let us think that uh, if we use a total corner power by the Pentacam or Galilei or similar instruments, the hyperopic outcome is uh, uh, greatly reduced, especially when uh, K is higher than 48. Now, let, let me ask you these questions as a, as a clinician. I mean, the, these are very, very, very interesting findings, but I, I, I want to know what to do with my own keratoconus patients. Given these findings, uh, I, and particularly you're finding that SRKT had the, had the least error, are there particular formulas that you suggest, and are, do, do your suggestions differ with different severities of keratoconus? Uh, well, I, in this patient, I recommend using the SRKT. This is valid if you just have a standard keratometric measurement. So if you have a, an aerial master and master, this is what, the best you can do, SRKT. But if you can measure both, both the anterior and posterior corner curvature so that uh, the total corner power can be entered in these formulas, I would suggest using total corner power, especially if there is a discrepancy higher than one diopter with the, between the keratometric value and total corneal power. Uh, I, I, would, I would like to highlight one issue, talking about total corneal power from the Shenfield camera. In a normal eyes, you cannot enter this value in standard formulas unless you specifically optimize the constants of these formulas. Because total corneal power is usually lower by around 0.7 diopters 
with respect to SIM-K or standard case. So it cannot be used in a normal eyes unless you have specifically optimized concept. But in keratoconus eyes, the error arising from using a non-optimized constant is much lower than the error arising from the keratometric index. Maybe you have one diopter of error from the non-optimized constant, but you may have as many as five or six diopters from the use of a keratometric value rather than a total constant. I, I just want to circle back to, to something that, that you said earlier in, in this context now, which is, is that if you are using a corneal topographer that measures only the anterior curvature of the, of the, the cornea, it's going to yield the wrong uh, values for the diaptric power of the cornea, again, because of the violation of the relationship between the posterior curvature uh, and the anti-curvature of the of the cornea, it's susceptible to the same sort of error that that keratometry is uh, with 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 power calculations. Obviously, if you're directly measuring the posterior curvature of the of the cornea, that's not true. My topographer doesn't do that. Um, since the degree of hyperopia obtained after cataract surgery was dependent to some extent on the severity of the keratoconus, Giacomo, would it be useful to develop a, an, a nomogram for refractive targeting? Maybe, but I don't think this is the best solution. Uh, I think that we should try to be more accurate and closer to uh, optical physics. So I don't want to develop a, a regression formula so that uh, corneas with a power uh, with a yeah power higher than 53 should have this formula rather than flatter uh, corneas. I think that we should go through real numbers. That means uh, developing um, and investigating better total corneal uh, power calculations through both anterior and posterior surface of the cornea and entering these me- this measurements and calculations into uh, either standard formulas or ray tracing uh, methods. So this is the future in my opinion. Yeah, and that, that of course, make, makes sense and that, that, that advice is uh, uh, good. Um, but um, I'm curious for my patients that I'm going to see next week, does it make sense for me, in the absence of a nomogram, to aim to make these patients more myopic than I otherwise would to, to attempt to compensate for this hyperopic shift? Of course, of course. This is a safe solution. So we know that patients are happier when they are myopic than, rather than um, hyperopic. So uh, this is what uh, I uh, do in many cases. A target of minus one or minus two usually avoids a hyperopic surprise, at least uh, in uh, patients with uh, uh, corneal power lower than 52, 53 diopters. In higher cases, maybe it's even wiser to get uh, a higher um, myopic target. But when the cornea becomes so irregular, it also becomes difficult to uh, accurately measure the post-operative refraction because the cornea becomes multifocal and so not no more a big problem. 
Chuckman, this was really, really great. This is a, first of all, it's a wonderful topic and a, a super useful practical paper. I, w- I want to thank you so much for the generosity of, the, of, of, of your time that you've shown us. It's a pleasure for me. Thank you. It has been a really pleasure to be here with you. Giacomo Savini comes to us from the studio Oculistico di Zeglio in Bologna, Italy. His paper, Intraocular Lens Power Calculation in Eyes with Keratoconus, appears in the May 2019 issue of the Journal of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Ask questions of Dr. Savini or any of our previous guests, or make a comment about any of the topics we have discussed. These interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. Write to me with your questions or comments at josh at iWorld.org. As seen from here is a production of the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Be a part of the next podcast. I'm Josh Young.